This is The Talking Dead, a podcast dedicated to the AMC TV show, The Walking Dead. Hi, my name is Chris. And I'm Christina. This is The Talking Dead, number 287, recorded on Wednesday, October 26, 2016. We're coming to you from fantastic downtown Atlanta, Georgia this time. Yeah. And, we just uh, got here. We did. We've been here for the afternoon. And, and welcome back to the show, by the way. Jason came back for a few weeks there, but he's busy at home with the baby. So since we're in the same room together at Walker Stalker Con, we thought we'd do this, you and yeah. me this time. Yeah. Easier. It is. And of course, this is our feedback show. We're going to read all your feedback for the season seven premiere. The first thing I want to do, though, is let everyone know, in case you haven't heard, uh, how the ratings were for this episode. I'm sure they were insane. It's pretty big. Uh, 17 million people watched the premiere, which you'd think would be a record, but it's not actually. The season five premiere had just more than that at 17.3. So either way, that's a lot of eyeballs watching their TV all at the same time and on the same channel. Um, But I don't think The Walking Dead is going anywhere anytime soon with 17 million people tuning in. Yeah. Well, it was highly anticipated. Well, exactly. I mean, that that uh, cliffhanger that everyone hated so much at the end of season six didn't seem to deter anyone from coming back well, and watching. I think it. everyone needed to know where that ended. And yeah. man, do we know now? <laughs> <sighs> I'm still not over it. You had a little bit of trouble. Eh? I'm, I'm a bit traumatized. I have to say I actually, someone I was texting with um, that very night she wrote, I think I have PTSD. I'm like, yeah, I think I do too. Yeah, well, it was disturbing. It, it was, was very disturbing. Very disturbing. Um, all right, so we'll get into the feedback in a second. We're in Atlanta, in case you haven't been paying attention, because we're here for Walker Stalker Con. Yay! Yeah, that gets underway on Friday. It's Wednesday night, though, so we have all day tomorrow to hang out. And what we're going to do is get in our car and drive down to Sonoy, Georgia, check out... The set, well, not really because they won't let us on it, but probably walk Damn. around, look at the town a little bit. You'll get to see Woodbury in real, real life. life. Yeah, it's exciting. We're going to eat at Nick and Norman's, so we'll let you know how that goes. And we're going to do all this while hanging out with Jason from the Walking Dead cast. He's going to come with us too, so it's going to be a fun day. Yeah, road trip. Road trip, totally. And then Friday, the, the uh, conference gets underway, so we will be hanging around there i'll be doing some panels talking to melissa hutchison the voice of clementine from the the telltale game that's on friday and then that runs into saturday and sunday of two of course before we head home so it's going to be a fun weekend but we didn't want to miss this podcast either so why don't we do some listener feedback sure listener feedback okay so first message here i think we'll start this on a with a short message on a little bit of a lighter note because, you know, it's pretty deep, pretty heavy, a lot of this stuff. Adam, friend of the show, Adam in Texas, wrote in, So, this guy caves in Abe's head, Glenn's head, and almost forces Rick to cut off Carl's hand. I mean, this guy's a real jerk. <laughs> to put it lightly, yeah. 
yeah, to, to put it mildly, Negan, bit of a dick. <laughs> bit of a dick, but, yeah. I, but I think that's how he likes it. Yeah. That's, that's what he wants. All right, well, thanks, Adam. Read our next one. Uh, so Kurt from Meridian, Idaho, wrote in, I was anticipating a grim episode with the loss of at least one character, but when I saw the title, I thought, holy crap, this is going to be bad. At the CDC, Rick begged Dr. Jenner for a chance. Jenner opened the inner doors and said, there is your chance. Take it. Rick said he was grateful, and Jenner coldly said, the day will come when you won't be. This was definitely that day. Yeah, so the title of this episode was a callback to season one, episode six, which is pretty cool. Yeah, I and think. I didn't realize that. I thought I thought the title meant it was a day will come when you won't be. As in as exist. In, you're going to die. As in Glenn and Abe are going to die. Right. So then you told me today, and you're like, no, 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 that's a reference to an episode from season one. I'm like... Okay, I just didn't remember that. Yeah, but no, yeah, okay. I I didn't either, to be honest, uh, until uh, I saw it on the internet and listeners pointed it out. But pretty cool that they they call back all the way to season one. They mm-hmm. they do that, you know, uh, once in a while actually on this show. Um, but yeah, that today I would say, or you know, that day or the day <laughs> of come. the season seven premiere is the day that uh, people aren't so grateful anymore some pretty bad stuff happened yeah and good good on our listeners for noticing that call back that's pretty that's pretty cool it's very very cool yeah all right we're going to do a couple of calls now the first one comes from wendy in england hi chris and jason it's wendy in england i got up extra early this morning to watch uh the premiere of the walking dead and uh yeah i'm just glad I didn't have my breakfast before I watched it. Holy shit, and uh, that was brutal. Uh, awesome. And um, yeah, I don't know what to say. Absolutely devastated because I love Glenn. Um, Daryl's a total douchebag. Uh, there'll be no more if Daryl dies, we riot. Will there? It'll be if Daryl dies, we have a fucking massive party. I <laughs> say, so, yeah, loved it. Uh, I'll be watching it again when I get home tonight. I uh, love you guys. Love the podcast. Uh, you take care. I'll speak soon. Bye-bye. All right. Thanks, Wendy. So do you know what she's talking about when, when she's upset about Daryl? Um, yeah. It, it Does it reference to the fact that he, so Daryl attacked um, Negan yeah. after Negan was trying to force um, Rosita to look at Lucille? And as a result... Glenn was killed. Like, right. I think Negan was ready to stop at Abe. Yeah. But then so, Daryl did that. Well, right? a lot of, a lot of people blame Daryl for getting Glenn killed okay, because Daryl yeah. sort of caused an outburst, right? Yeah. After Negan had said that the first you, one's free. The first one's it? free. That's right. So, and that was Glenn in the season six finale. Anyways, Daryl jumps up, punches him in the face and Negan's got to do something about that. So. That's why we end up with Glenn dead. So people are kind of blaming Daryl for this, uh, okay. well, at least for Glenn's death, which is which is a bit harsh. But yeah, I can see. I didn't really. I guess I didn't really take that away from the episode. I really didn't kind of process that element, mm-hmm. just because I was just sitting there like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> like through the whole thing, I just I was, and by the end of it, I was honestly so drained. It's like. Wendy just said she's devastated. Yeah. 
I, that's a good way to describe it. Yeah. I was drained and it wasn't just all the, the deaths and like the shock and like, you know, with Carl's hand potentially being chopped off by Rick. Like it wasn't all that even only there was also watching some of the performances on the episode. I found draining like Andrew Lincoln and Lauren Cohan. Like I, the amount of stress that their characters are under in it. And like, you can see it and I'm like, Oh my God, how can that's amazing. Like they were really good, really amazing. Yeah. They're all and amazing. So is, um, they all are, but I, especially those two performances in the episode, I would say Lauren Cohan and, um, and Andy, Andrew Lincoln. And then also, um, Jeffrey D. Morgan. Yeah. He's amazing as Negan. Like, and, and like, the monologues he delivers, I'm just like, whoa, They're, he's great. He's amazing. Um, I said on Monday when I re- recorded with Jason that before the episode, I was looking forward to kind of loving to hate Negan. I thought, you know, he's this is going to be a really fun character to just really hate. But I ended up at the end of the episode mostly just hating him. I don't even like him at all. I don't even, I just want him to get, his comeuppance, you know, he's, he was just so evil. He is. And he's very evil. To Jeffrey D. Morgan's credit, oh, he, he made real. him that evil. So, but there's a, and this is probably just Jeffrey D. Morgan. There's a charm about him. I, I honestly, <laughs> I don't know. I, I kind of think he's hot. Maybe you can tell him if you see him this weekend. <laughs> oh my gosh. That'd be so cool. No, I've seen him in other stuff and I'm like, he's like a sort of charming, good looking man. Older man, old, would you say? Well, he's fifty or fifty something. Yeah, to me, that's not even old anymore. Yeah, <laughs> I'm over forty. That's the thing. Um, but yeah, so he's age appropriate. Yeah, for me, yeah, he is. <laughs> that's um, right. Yeah. Anyway, I just uh, sorry. I'm I I didn't rewatch the episode, unfortunately, like you do. So I'm not as prepared as you are. But I guess I didn't rewatch it because I just can't right now. I yeah, just, I was too much for me. We had a lot of listeners write in and say, you know, often they they watch the episode two or three times. This one, they no. they won't be ever again. Things like that. Not because it was bad, just because it was kind of traumatizing. It's, but we might have more emails about yeah. that coming anyway, up. Anyway, let's move along then. Yeah. <laughs> As I ramble. That's all right. So next one is a call from Charlie in Franklin. Hey, guys. Great to have you both back for another season of Walking Dead. Jason and Christopher, you make it all worthwhile. This is Charlie from Franklin. Um, two things came up for me. One has to do with Morgan Negan, um, as opposed to Negan in the comic. The physicality of this guy is really bugging me. <laughs> he is so skinny. His clothes are hanging off him. For those of us that have the comic image of Negan in our heads, this is a really big jump. Uh, and it's not that I haven't met some skinny guys that can swing a bat and and move and be physical, but I almost don't buy that Rick couldn't just overpower him. He doesn't seem to have that much that much of the gravity that the Negan from the comic book has, who's somebody seems to me more like um, The Rock or somebody like that, that kind of physical presence. The other thing is we kind of glossed over it when you guys did the um, the recap, which was very complete and awesome. You brought up a lot of things I didn't see. But there was one moment where they're about to attack Daryl or mess him up or rough him up. And Negan has this moment where he's kind of 
like look you don't do that to somebody that looks like that like he's it's not that he's being not that he's flirting with Daryl but there's is there something funky going on there did you catch that love to get your feedback on it thanks guys bye all right thanks Charlie so there's a lot to unpack in Charlie's call here first of yeah. all he called me Christopher which nobody <laughs> ever does except occasionally my sister which is or weird. your mom well not it's even mom? hardly my mom oh, ever Sarah does sometimes Oh, maybe. My friend Sarah. Very few people call me by my full name. But it's funny that it comes up today because every time I travel, I have to travel with that name because that's what it says that's on true. my passport. Yep. So everyone at the airport calls me Christopher. Um, and then the next thing is, what was the next thing? Oh, oh Negan's so Negan, stature? Yeah, Negan being a little bit of a, a skinny dude, whereas in the comic, he is he does More look muscular, like a big, muscly, like stockier. bulky yeah, maybe stocky. Like stocky, I, I associate stocky. with short. Oh no, okay, yeah, you're but right. He might be but short. Like, I don't know. Built. Yeah, a built dude. Yeah. Um, but Jeffrey Dean Morgan isn't like that, and you, there were you know shots of him from the waist down. It does kind of look like his pants are falling off. But I get the feeling Jeffrey Dean Morgan is tall. He looks. I don't know because you know what? Like the problem with celebrities is we always have this perception that they're tall, and then you find out years later that Tom Cruise is like you know, shorter than you. <laughs> Sorry. Like I, he's a short as a dude. kid, it was like, Oh, Tom Cruise, he must be really tall. And then I found it. Oh my God. He's like my height or maybe slightly taller, but he's not very tall. But I got, I get this per- feeling that Jeffrey New Morgan is tall and sort of, I feel like the, the height of him sort of maybe makes up for the fact that he's short. I mean, short that he's skinny. skinny. Um, I wouldn't say he's overly skinny. I don't find him overly skinny. Like I find him like a normal build. Yeah. Personally. Well, we're going to need to see him with his shirt off. Yes. So again, <laughs> if we meet him this weekend, you can ask him to take his shirt off. Right. <laughs> That's weird. <laughs> no, I don't think it's weird at all. Uh, but I, I see the point, you know, Negan in the comic, big muscly dude, kind of, you know, big fat round head, sort of <laughs> Jeffrey Dean Morgan doesn't quite have all that, but I, on the other hand, I think, you know, zombie apocalypse, food is scarce. Chances yeah. are people are going to lose weight. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, the zombie apocalypse would probably be the best thing that ever happened to my waistline. <laughs> so it's having having skinnier people seems to make a little bit more logical sense. But I don't know. Yeah. Like he may have lost weight over the last however. Long, yeah. Right. I mean, it doesn't bother me that JDM is a little bit skinnier because of the uh, just what he brings to the role other than his stature. So that's it. I don't think The Rock is the no. right person. I think to he play was just Negan. giving an example of someone <laughs> with more like a build like The Rock, sure. right? Like Sure, but can you imagine if The Rock the was Rock, cast as Negan? I'd be like, what's going on? That might No offense to The Rock. Well, The Rock is fine in the right but, role, but, but he's not Negan. But this is not the role for him. He's actually really good in comedy. Sure, he's I've seen funny. him some great, like a really, like I've seen him do pretty funny comedy bits. Well, he's an action star, and he yeah. does some funny comedy yeah. bits, but I don't think he's Negan. Yeah. <laughs> so well, you've you've read the books, so uh-huh. would you say that most of the other characters on the show are physically are representative of what's in the books, or do you find that it's like a mixed bag? Because maybe that you know that's where the answer. Like you, you're not going to get the perfect casting for everything, always. Well, I mean, just running through them in my head, I do feel like they're kind of well cast in that respect. Um, Yeah, nobody's like, 
again, I don't know if people are tall or short in the comic. It's sort of hard to tell really, but um, the people like Abraham was, was cast perfectly. Eugene was cast perfectly on the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Rick, Carl, Carl ages faster Glenn, on TV than he Glenn, does in the comic. Glenn what I've seen perfectly. of like the, the um, dr- comic comic. It's, yeah, Glenn looks yeah. pretty much so very I think similar. For the most part, they've done a really good job casting. Even going back to like Shane and Dale. What about the governor? Governor, yeah. Governor, I always had the feeling that he was a sort of oh no, you know what? The governor is one that's off. That's off yeah, a little bit. Because governor in the comic is it's funny. Thinking about the governor, I have trouble not thinking about David Morrissey. Yeah. I don't thinking the governor in the comic, he was a long haired greasy looking dude yeah i thought i I I remember seeing like the pictures so yeah so for the most part it's pretty good very good but Mm -hmm. there's some that are a little bit different um i think it's just a slightly different take on on the negan character in terms of the way he looks but and what was the last point last bit was uh he said um was there something going on between negan and and daryl like implying that negan thought Daryl was a good looking man, which would be I, fine, but I don't, uh, I don't, I didn't see it. I got the feeling what Negan was getting at. Cause so I think he's, if I'm correct, he's referencing the part where they're grabbing Glenn roughly. And he said, or Daryl, or sorry, Daryl roughly. I'm getting so confused. You even had a nap when we got here. You I should know, be alert. Ready I'm to not. go. I'm like, <laughs> I can't. It's all right. I'm still processing this episode. I know everyone probably thinks I'm crazy, but like I'm still like you know, in a fog from it. Anyway, um, they grab Daryl, and they're like, "Oh yeah, Dwight has his crossbow." Mm-hmm. And I was kind of sitting there like, "You're not gonna kill him with his crossbow? Oh my god!" You can't and kill a man with his own weapon. Kill him with his own weapon. And and then Negan stops him and says, no, 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 this one you don't kill, right? Something like that along those lines. Is that what Charlie's referencing? I think so. He wants to keep him alive. So I think also he wants to keep Daryl alive. Like what I took from it was he sees that Daryl, and I'm, I might be reading it wrong, but he sees Daryl as like a real fighter. Mm-hmm. And he can tell he was probably a badass in a previous life. Well, still is. Or still in sort a way. of is. And he's like, huh. Yeah. There's some value in this guy. Yeah. Maybe this guy would join my posse eventually down the road. Like maybe he realizes if they keep him long enough that eventually. I'm not sure. Might, uh, I don't know if that's it, what he's I mean, it could at. be. He could see the value in Daryl. I'm not sure that he would think that Daryl's going to join in after what he's just witnessed. Right. No. But he wants to keep Daryl as a bargaining chip. Mm-hmm. You know, he tells Rick, I'm going to chop pieces off of Daryl and bring him to your doorstep. Things like that. Right. But, um, I think he, I think Negan realizes that Daryl is valuable to this group and by taking him and or threatening him, it is a a pretty strong way to intimidate them, right? Well, I'm going to take your strongest guy and, and I'm going to dominate him or chop him up and send him back to you. So pretty good. Yeah. All right. Next email, Paul in England. Should I read this one? Sure. Go for this. Go for it. So Paul in England writes, Glenn's death would have hit me much harder at the end of that season finale after we've had a bit of time with the character within the episode rather than in the middle of this one as a flashback over half a year after we last heard him speak. Couple with that the fact that the identity of Negan's victims leaked online over the summer and I accidentally stumbled upon those identities, 
Glenn's on-screen death had almost no impact on me, on me other than with the thought, man, this is grim. I think I can honestly say I felt more during his fake death last season, which I hated, than I did here, and that makes me incredibly sad when talking about my favorite char- a favorite character. So I'll say, Paul, that I think your problem is likely that you were spoiled on the episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe not. Um, I I had a pretty good feeling. I knew who was going in, but I didn't watch it spoiled. I didn't. I managed to avoid all that stuff. So if you, I can see going in knowing what was about to happen, though, would take away from it. I don't totally disagree in that um, uh, it would have been more impactful in the season six finale. And we said that a couple nights ago on the podcast. But I do think there was still a lot here that, you know, to shock people and horrify people. So it's too bad, Paul, that you were spoiled. And unfortunately, you can't go back. But it might have been different had you not been, I wonder. Yeah, no, I I think I agree on that only because I've had that happen to me. And it was when Beth died. Right. Um, AMC spoiled you though, right? I was so upset. (laughs) I I don't know if any of our listeners remember, but right after the episode where Beth was killed and I was home, Chris was out west in Vancouver for work. And when Chris is away, I do not watch the show because I have nightmares even when he's home. So <laughs> I, there's no way in hell I'm watching it when he's not at home because I'm going to like run screaming into our kid's bedroom. Oh, my God, there's zombies and I'm going to freak them out. But anyway. Yeah, that would be bad. Yeah. So I don't watch it when he's not home. Um, and so that night I was just sitting at home. I think I was watching something else on TV. I go on my phone. I go on Facebook. And the first thing on my feed from AMC, it's an image of Daryl carrying Bath and it said RIP or something like that. Yep. And it was at 10.01 p.m. that night, Toronto time. And I was like, you have got to be kidding me. So I immediately texted you, remember? <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, do not go on the internet. No Facebook, no social media, nothing. <laughs> spoiler, I spoiler. I don't remember if I'd watched it already. You hadn't because you, oh. you were on the West Coast. Oh, right. And you, I warned you and you didn't do anything and you were going to watch it when you came home. Because I remember that when you came home and we watched it together and you had no idea and the whole episode was spoiled for me. I was sitting there watching it with you and I was like, so when's it going to happen? When just, can you, we get this over with? Like, I didn't even, I, I didn't even care about the episode anymore because it had been spoiled for me. So I can totally relate to Paul, Paul in that. Yeah, spoilers are a big spoilers, deal. Spoilers, especially exactly. something like that that's pivotal. You know, if you yeah. find out that uh, yeah, Morgan finds a horse in one episode, like <laughs> that's probably not going to ruin the whole thing for you, unless the whole episode <laughs> centers around him finding a horse. But that's not usually the case. So, well, with Morgan, that could be a whole episode. <laughs> I yeah. feel like he does a lot of these like walking around on a walkabout episode. <laughs> well, the whole episode centered around he, him finding a cheesemaker. Making so. and making cheese. Yeah. Meat. <laughs> or learning to fight instead of kill. Yes, that was much more what that yes, one was I about. I know, I'm, jo- I'm joking. Uh, anyways, Paul, okay. too bad you uh, yeah, were spoiled. With that Beth thing, though, that was AMC. They just made a huge mistake and put that out too soon. And they had to issue an apology. They did. Yeah. They, they retracted it later. Yeah. Well, they couldn't retract it anymore. <laughs> well, you know what I mean. They, yeah, I they know. Apologized. I'm joking. All right. So Michael in Brisbane, Australia writes, wow, it was perfect. 
I'll admit to being a bit disappointed when it turned out that Abraham took the beating. I've always thought it should have been one of the principal characters who was killed. But then Daryl punches Negan and we get the surprise second beating of Glenn that I'm sure not many saw coming. It was one of those TV moments that truly takes your breath away. I love that Daryl caused the death of Glenn. Hopefully we get a lot of emotional character development for Daryl as he deals with what happened. Negan's my favorite character in the comic series, and I'm so happy that they nailed his introduction on the, on the show. I'll say it. Cliffhanger justified. Eh, I'm not totally on board with that, but I'm glad, Michael, that you got so much out of it. Even though I don't think the cliffhanger is totally justified and could have been done better, this episode was just about as good as they could have done. I think it was very good. Well, you know how I felt about the cliffhanger, right? No, I'm not sure I do, actually. I've told you. Okay, well, maybe I wasn't listening. It actually didn't bother me. Oh, well, see, you're crazy. (laughs) (laughs) No, I heard all, you know, all these people were complaining and I was like, but cliffhangers been have been around forever, like not forever, but That's for what a lot ages. Of people were saying. And and my whole thing was okay. Well, so we don't know. And but I, I see. I found the cliffhanger as we were watching it. I was so tense watching it, and then like you know he's doing the eeny meeny miny mo thing, and then he gets to the person, and we're seeing it through that person's perspective. I found it so effective. Like I was like on the edge of my seat and I was kind of freaking out. And I know a lot of people, I know we're going to totally disagree on this, but I know a lot of people hated it. I didn't personally hate it because I knew they've got to, there's got to be some payout at the beginning of the season. Wrong. (laughs) I'm just pretending to be Donald Trump. (laughs) Oh, okay. Wrong. Nope. You should, you should be saying this is a total disaster. (laughs) <laughs> Doesn't he say it's total disaster? Let me tell you. He just injects sometimes in those debates. Wrong. I just thought it, no. yeah, one word. Nasty woman. Well, I wouldn't you, you say that. But that. but that was his no. nope. thing. Nope. <laughs> well, nope to you. Yeah. Um, uh, so anyway. anyways, Michael, um, yeah, it, yeah, I think they it was an amazing episode regardless of mm-hmm. me not liking the cliffhanger. But he went back to, uh, again, Daryl's to blame. Yeah. So see, a lot of people feel this way, huh? A lot of people do. Um, Jason tried to argue the other night that you can't blame Daryl for something Negan does. Negan is the one who swung the bat. Yeah. Um, I just don't think it helped that Daryl punched him in the face first. It didn't help, but Daryl, you know, Daryl was trying to, you know, sort of stand up for Rosita and for his crew. But he had been warned. And he had been warned, but it's Daryl. He's, he can be a bit of a loose cannon, right? Yeah, well, absolutely. So not surprising at all. And I wouldn't, I agree with Jason on that, on, on that. Bleh. I agree with Jason that. It's not Daryl's it, fault. I don't think Daryl is to blame. Negan did it. Let's place the blame where it belongs. All right. He who holds the bat. Negan. Carries all we'll the blame. And we'll see his shirt off in a few days. Right. <laughs> You never know. Back to that. <laughs> All right. Now back to okay. Emily. Emily from New Zealand writes, I've just finished watching the season seven premiere and I honestly don't know what to think. Over the break, I was so excited to see who was killed by Negan. But now that I've seen it, I'm left with such a dissatisfied feeling. I don't know why. On paper, it was such a great way to do it. A second surprise death. Fantastic. And I had predicted that Abraham was going to die. Abraham was going to die. So I should be feeling pretty smug. 
But regardless, I feel like something was missing. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know what could be missing. I mean, we had baseball bat to the head, as promised. Baseball bat to two heads. Mm-hmm. Um, we had Jeffrey Dean Morgan continuing to be amazing. We had all the other actors being amazing. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Maybe maybe it was just the uh, just the fact that Emily had to wait for six months or seven months. Or maybe I mean I feel like I've had this cover I had this conversation with someone just the other day, and they said. Their problem was that, you know, Glenn, the whole dumpster thing, right? Yeah. So it was almost like it was a teaser of Glenn's death to come, right? So maybe she's feeling like, oh, come on, we all knew Glenn was going to We die. all saw this already? Yeah, like we we've already again? seen this. This was predicted. So, like it was sort of predicted. You know, maybe that's, that might be part of some people's disappointment. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I was pretty down on the whole dumpster thing. Uh, still am. Uh, but, but I don't really think it took away from this because yeah. the, the Glenn thing did pretty much come as a big surprise. Um, yeah. You know, so I, I'm not sure what else they, they could have done in this episode to to make it any more horrific other than change who was killed. Um, uh, yeah. You know, I do think that, uh, as I said the other night, I do think that Abraham is kind of a safe choice as he's arguably a secondary character. And Glenn is a bit of a safe choice because it follows the source material. If they had decided to kill Michonne and Daryl, even one or the other of them, yeah. I think it would have been truly the most surprising thing they that could would have, have been done. Pretty huge. And maybe that's what Emily need, needed in this case. I don't know. Something just completely new or out even, of left field. Or even Carl. Yeah. That would have been pretty big. It would have. That would have completely broken. I mean, Rick is broken, but. Yeah. I I never considered Rick or Carl as potentials, though. I never, not Rick. I never I would, actually. I don't think that. I'd ever consider Rick. I could. Well, maybe not Carl, but I don't know. Like, that could be the thing that really. Uh, yeah. Gun to my head, I would take. I would have chosen Carl over Rick. Yeah. Um, but honestly, I didn't consider either of them as potential candidates, whereas everybody else in the row pretty much was, but I thought Daryl Michonne, super unlikely, Maggie, super unlikely. And that's kind of where, why I predicted Abraham, to be honest. And then, uh, Glenn got it too. So, Mm -hmm. uh, Chris in the UK writes, I liked Abraham, always have. And I love the fact that he went out like Abraham taking it like a champ indeed. Chris, you said he was a secondary character. I just said that, actually. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I can see that. But I'd argue that he sat somewhere in the gray area between primary and secondary. And it turns out the emotional impact of a character's death is at least as much in the reactions of the other characters as it is in the audience's investment in the person who cops it. Sasha and Rosita did more than enough to make me feel this one. And if that wasn't enough, you could see that Rick was thinking in prime. Rick wasn't thinking in primary and secondary terms. He wouldn't have been able to shrug it off if it had been Aaron. And I think Chris mm-hmm. makes a good point. Yeah. Chris always sends in, uh, you know, really in depth, good, good observations. Good observations. Yeah, it's not just about how I feel. I'm an audience member watching a TV show. It's at least a big part, how it affects the other characters within the story of the TV show. And like Chris says, it could have been Aaron and Mm -hmm. Rick would have taken it just as hard, you know, because he's right there. He's 
you know, if you believe what's going on, he's right there and he's known this guy for a little while, maybe not as well as some of the other people, but I don't care who I'm kneeling on the ground with. If someone bashes their head in with a barbed wire baseball bat, I'm not going to take it very well. No. <laughs> right? So. No. And he makes, he makes a good point about Sasha and Rosita. Right. They and were I there. I would say, like, definitely, like, very much Sasha. Like, she was very, and I mean, her performance also, I mean, everyone's performance, like you said, but her performance also very like really good on this this yeah. one right um yeah. everybody you did could an amazing really see the emotion and like that's right oh, everyone did an amazing job everyone. of just... kneeling and looking really upset <laughs> not to diminish their well, efforts it at all draining the whole oh, yeah. thing and like just even the ending and carrying out the bodies and i was like oh my god I, and maggie I was... was like left crying oh, oh yesterday i i was really hoping that we would be able to while we're on our road trip tomorrow, go and find that location and go there. Um, but it turned some flowers down. Maybe it turns out though. I think that it was filmed on some studio private property. So you can't yeah. get to that location. Unfortunately, probably, I don't know, maybe because they wanted the high security of it. Or well, something. yeah, for sure. So I don't think we'll be able to go and nope. find out where Glenn got bashed down. Okay. So now, Oh, that's funny. So, you just read an email from Chris, and now I'm reading an email from Jason. That is oh, funny. Chris and Jason. <laughs> Jason from St. Cloud, Minnesota wrote in, I loved this episode. I had a feeling Glenn was going to die, but honestly, I was shocked by Abe. My complaint from last season's finale is that I think they could have ended with Rick being dragged in the trailer and the shot of the gore on the ground, and that would have still worked. But all in all, great pre- premiere episode. Yeah, there's definitely... I think ways they could have done it better. I see what they were trying to do now, you know, um, but maybe put one death in the finale and one in the premiere or give us both in the finale and let us and let the cliffhanger be, Oh my God, what's going to happen now? Or as Jason says, drag Rick away with Negan holding an ax. And that's, you know, in a way a cliffhanger right there. So there's, there's a bunch of ways that I think it could have played out that, may have been more satisfying at the time. I don't know. Mm. But they didn't go for any of them. Nope. All right. Beth in Salina, Kansas? Or Sol- Salina. Salina. We agree just we figured out it's Salina. She said an, she said it's a long I, so That's Salina. I, I think, yeah. Okay. Salina, Kansas. Beth writes, It was devastating to see Rick's to see Rick defeated and scared. That's affecting me as much as the deaths. But I'm excited for the new turns the show will take. I'm glad they followed through with some tough decisions. Hell hath no fury like a pregnant Maggie who watched her husband die. She's going to be even more of a badass. Well, I have to say that I agree on that Maggie comment for sh- with that Maggie comment for sure. I actually get the feeling and part of it is also I've read some stuff on the internet like theories and I sort of agree with them. Um, I think Maggie is going to prove to be sort of the new leader of the group hmm. because she's going to be like, like at the end, she was like, we got to get back and fight them. Yeah. But the problem is right now she's motivated purely by revenge Yeah, and you can't be a leader based on revenge alone. You know what they no, say, right? If you want revenge, dig two graves. Yeah. But I, I, I think it could evolve into something more than just revenge, right? Like yeah. she might see that Rick is 
because it's true. It was devastating to see Rick so defeated and scared. And as I like, as I term it broken, he looks like a broken man. Yep. So maybe she, you know, she'll see that and she'll realize, okay, well, someone else has got to take up the reins here because he's not, he's not going to do it anymore. Yeah. That could be very well true. She could step up to that. I just think it's going to take her time. I mean, she, Mm -hmm. Maggie wants to hit back as soon as possible, right? She wants to take Negan down for what he did, but that's not going to work. You have to, I think you have to play his game for a while. You have to do what he wants. Mm-hmm. make a plan and then execute that plan when the time is right. Yeah. Like b- sort of build his trust if or you, not trust. If you can, but yeah, but that's, like, that's what it is. So that he believes that they're his sort of his sheep, that wait, they're going to just, you wait know, until he makes a mistake or yeah. wait until he's, he's not paying attention. And mm-hmm. that's when you can get away with something yeah. maybe. So, but I, yeah, but Maggie might be the one to, to do that. It's just as, as long as she can, as long as she can, put away or, or get through her need for immediate revenge mm. and then approach this problem the right way. I think it might take another character sort of to band with her. Someone mm-hmm. a little more not so hell-bent on revenge. I could even see Carl sort of stepping up yeah, maybe. with her, you know? like Because he's done that in the past in that, you know, when Rick was sort of like, having moments where he's like, Oh, I don't know what to do. Or like Rick was sort of like, not as um, tough. And Carl was like, come on, man, buck up. Right. And he was like, (laughs) Carl was the one who wanted to take a stand. Whereas Rick was ready to sort of uh, recede. But Uh yeah. Yeah. Carl, maybe Carl seems to have more of a closer relationship with Michonne right now, but uh, you know, they, they, they gave an episode, not an episode, but they there was some storyline last season between Aaron. Uh, oh, that's true. And, Aaron uh, too. and Maggie. So yeah, and Aaron could be a very sort of, um, uh, sort of a comic, not a calming force, but I want to say grounding yep. force for Maggie. I yep. think at this time. Yeah, Aaron, uh, or even Sasha. Like I know she probably wants revenge too. She wants to get Negan for what he did, but. Uh, her relationship to to Abe wasn't the same as you know it was Maggie. New. It, was it was new, newer. exactly. It wasn't like Maggie and Glenn who were married and had a, way. and had a baby on the way. That's right. So maybe Sasha will be like Maggie. I know how you feel, but let's think this through yeah. and strike when the time is right. Yeah, and I could, thing. but I could definitely see Aaron as well because even Aaron, like when she was, you know, she. What was she trying to do at the end of the episode? And Aaron's like, let us help you. And he, she actually listened to him. Like he, So I think he is a person that she sort of does listen to and yep. takes into account. Yeah, for sure. Yep. Who's next? Um, I think it's Ashley from Charlotte. That's right. <laughs> Are you? Oh, you read the last one. Jeez, I did. It's sorry about that. Ashley from Charlotte wrote, you talked about if they had killed Abe in the finale and then Glenn in the season opener instead. Here's my take. I wanted it to be Glenn. That was supposed to be the way he died. That was the reason number 100 was so impactful, why Negan was a big deal. If they'd killed Abe and only Abe, I would have been extremely disappointed. If they had killed Abe at the end of season six to make me want to see more, they would have failed. I wouldn't have turned in tuned in for season seven i was still irritated how they ended things on the finale 
but I did anticipate season seven. I do agree this episode was a season finale in its entirety. Or, oh, sorry, this season, this episode as a season finale in its entirety would have been amazing. And there would have been no question I was going to tune in for season seven. Yeah, so one of my suggestions was kill Abe at the end of season six and then surprise us with Glenn at the beginning of season mm-hmm. seven. But it sounds like that just would have pissed Ashley off because <laughs> <laughs> the Abe death wasn't satisfying for her. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I can see her point, but I still think for me it would have been, well, it was Abe. Yes, a little disappointing, but, you know, that's okay. It's still someone getting their head caved in, and uh, Negan still made his point, so that's all right. And when season seven comes back, we would have watched Glenn get it and probably, uh, you know, probably died from surprise, (laughs) Uh, you know, something like that. So uh, it would have worked for me, but I can see how maybe not for everybody if... You know, if the if the Glenn death was that important to you or you thought it was that important to the story in general. So Brad on the Gold Coast of Australia writes throughout season six, I was really starting to feel like our much loved characters were bulletproof or walker proof. Some of them even surviving miraculous odds. As a viewer, I was starting to feel safe like these characters will will survive anything. But at the same time, the tension I felt in previous seasons was being lost. This episode brought back the fear, anxiety, and tension this show needs. It also proved that the producers are willing to put story before ratings, willing to kill off Glenn even if it means people might stop watching. I think this was their plan all along. I think this was a brilliant episode. I think the cliffhanger was worth it. I say, well done, Walking Dead. Well done. And I say, Brad, that they didn't need to put story before ratings. They got story and ratings. <laughs> they got their cake and eat it, and they're eating it too. So, yeah, for sure. uh, you know, with 17 million people, that's a massive amount of people, and they got to do what they wanted. But it makes me think too. A few weeks ago, or maybe a month ago, Robert Kirkman said in an interview that he has to respect the fact that a lot of people disliked the finale, the the cliffhanger that much. And that he thinks that, you know, we may not do that kind of thing again, but then he sees 17 million people watching his number one rated show, you know, on TV right now. And he probably thinks, well, we can do anything we want and they're going to watch. So I hope they take the right lesson from all of this (laughs) and give us something awesome in the future. Yeah. Well, and um, Brad makes an interesting point just about, the tension was being lost. And it, it's kind of true. Like when you think they were, when they were in Alexandria and everything seemed sort of hunky dory until, you know, the wolves came and stuff, but, and then the walkers came in, but yeah, like it's true. There wasn't that much tension when they were living there. There yeah. was a bit, but not a ton. The whole point of Alexandria though, was to, to show a group of people that hadn't really had to deal with the horrors yeah. of this zombie apocalypse. And then Rick shows up and ruins it all for it them. It was like a little utopia there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so that's why it felt like, you know, some of that tension was gone because they were living behind mm-hmm. these big walls. They hadn't had any big walker attacks because they all fell in that quarry nearby. And so and it was they... this perfect little place. Yeah, and that... so we lost some tension, mm-hmm. but now it's back. And then they had to go piss Negan off. 
Right. And yeah. you meet a guy with a baseball bat and everything changes. Yeah. Randy from Fawn Township, Pennsylvania, writes, The premiere spent a lot of time with scenes involving Rick and his axe. It was symbolic of Rick's power, which Negan made a point to take from him and make him fight for it in a desperate struggle for survival outside the RV. Negan even made the direct point that it is his axe now. I believe this will come back into play when Rick decides to fight back. It could be. It could. It could be. Oh, his it could instrument. be his his instrument of destruction, just as Negan uses Lucille. It would be in Rick's character. It would be in Rick's character to punish his enemy in a brutal fashion, just as he has in the past. It would be very disappointing if the show follows the comic too closely, but my hope is the emphasis on who holds the axe plays a part in the eventual conclusion of this story arc. Yeah, he who holds the axe does not get chopped in the head or something like that. He who holds the axe rules the world. I don't know. I guess so, yeah. Um, and it's it would be satisfying, in a way, to see Rick take down Negan with that axe someday after making him you know, fight so hard for it. I'm not so sure that's how it's going to play out, but you never know. I do agree it would be satisfying. I still think that what Rick said to Negan, I'm going to kill you. Not today. Not tomorrow or whatever he said. But I'm going to kill you. Someday. I'm going to kill you. So I I, I think that Rick is going to kill Negan. That's just my view. I think Rick is, like I think that was foreshadowing. He is going to kill him someday. Mm-hmm. He's going to get over his fear. He's going to be like, Screw you, asshole. Yeah. You well, killed my friends. <laughs> He'll just, be like, hello, my name is Rick Grimes. You killed my friends. Prepared to die. Yeah, it'll be something. Well, that's exactly how it happens in the comic. So <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Yeah. It's like Princess Bride. Princess Bride reference. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, I, I know where the comic has gone from here, which I won't spoil right but now. But you just said something about it. <laughs> no, I didn't. Did I? You said that's how it goes in the comic. <laughs> oh, come on. Uh, yeah, I won't spoil what really happens okay. in the comic. Uh, but, you know, I think we've got lots of good Negan coming up. Uh, Dan from London writes, Is it me, or was it really risky for Negan to go on a one-on-one drive with Rick? It would have only taken one slip or moment that Negan doesn't pay attention, and Rick could have potentially killed him. Negan doesn't know how doesn't know Rick and doesn't know what he is capable of. Imagine if Negan went for a one-on-one drive with Ninja Jesus. He would have overpowered and killed him. To me it just seems very like a very risky thing to do and you don't get to hit, to his position by being careless. Yeah, but I don't think Negan really cares. I think he's just this badass okay. who thinks he's invincible now probably. But that's but that's the thing. If he just thinks he's invincible, he's not He's not going to do things the, the right way. Like he's going to make mistakes. He's going to be arrogant about it. And that's the kind of thing that gets you killed. And Negan, I think eventually it will. Okay, Won't so it? he's just been lucky up until now? Well, he's got a band of thugs and yeah. they have his back, you know? I, they do, but if they really had his back. And they're really probably terrified back, of him. Well, probably, but... If, but if they really had his back, wouldn't they have said, hey, boss, why don't I come with you on your little road trip to, you know, keep a, keep one of my extra eyes on on this guy while you're driving or something like that, you know? I think what Dan is saying is it is true. It is risky. I mean, Negan's driving a truck. You can't, an RV. An RV. You can't aim an assault rifle at someone and drive an RV at the same time, especially when they're behind you. 
So I do think it's a little bit of a convenient storytelling thing that Negan mm. was able to drive Rick there and Rick wasn't able to do anything about it at all. He tried. Oh, but he at failed. the beginning, yeah. Negan, Negan uh, coaxed him into trying, knowing very well, mm-hmm. you know, that he would be ready for it. Yeah. But as soon as he drives away and they're plowing down walkers on the road, you know, Negan is reveling in that going, oh, look at that. Just smashed another one. Right. That would have been Rick's opportunity. So I do think it's a little yeah. bit weak that Rick didn't go for it and that it seems so easy for Negan to just drive around with his, you know, mortal enemy sitting right behind him. Um, but that might be one of those things that you just have to suspend your disbelief for and say it's a TV show and we needed Rick not to kill Negan at that point. But I feel like Rick was probably also in shock and he was already getting scared. Right. So you, right? you're thinking so, he wouldn't. Yeah. He him. was like, it was like he was paralyzed with shock and fear at that point. He's yeah. like, I don't know what to do now. Like he, it was like a situation he hadn't been in in a very long time because he'd been, you know, the, he'd been the gu- the guy, right? Like yeah. he was the boss and the only, or, not, or the head of his, his clan, his group. And now suddenly the only reason, this other guy. the only reason I don't think that entirely works is because they made a point, Negan made a point of saying to Rick that, you know, that look you're giving me right now, you still don't get it. So he needed to truly break Rick and explain to him the way things were right now, which he did at the end, you know, with the whole cutting off Carl's arm scene, Mm -hmm. which kind of tells me up until that point, Rick still wasn't quite respecting him. So earlier on in the RV, I don't think Rick was there yet. Rick wasn't at the point where he wouldn't have tried to attack Negan again. Um, But again, uh, it would have changed the whole episode (laughs) and probably Mm -hmm. changed the whole series if, uh, if he had and was successful in any way. So I can see why he didn't. But could it be that Negan was reading something in Rick's expression, not reading something, but he was using it as a way to, stir up more shit he was like oh i'm gonna have some more fun with this guy he looks scared but not scared enough so i'm gonna tell him to cut his kid's hand off like yeah that's what Negan was doing right he was saying like you don't get it yet i'm gonna make sure you get it what i'm saying is earlier on you know we know that rick wasn't completely broken yet so so it to me, I feel like he would have taken his chance to try and take down Negan in that RV. Yeah, I guess. Instead of just let him drive him where they were going. Unless there's another way to see it or I'm missing something. But all I'm saying is I think Dan has a really good point And it's probably too risky a move for to, for Negan to take a one-on-one drive. He just needed to take one other guy, take his mm-hmm. right-hand man, you know, uh, Simon, mm-hmm. I think his name was. Yeah. Um, he even said, you know. You need a right-hand man because then you don't have to do everything yourself. Why not bring Simon with them in the truck? Even if he just sat there and didn't say anything the whole time, it would have been like Negan's backup. Yeah. Which I think he needed. Yeah, I guess it is kind of weird. Anyways, Goodness. suspend your disbelief. Yes. Negan and We needed Negan and Rick to go somewhere together and, you know. It, they needed privacy. They needed, they needed a little they needed, alone time. They needed, some, <laughs> they needed some bonding time. That's right. Some Maybe boy Negan time. was going to take his shirt off. <laughs> Nick would be like, whoa, look at your pectorals. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, 
Shannon. Shannon from Kentucky writes, I hate to keep harping on the cliffhanger, but despite how intense this episode was, I still think a lot of the power of Glenn and Abraham's deaths as negated because of it. But I think the performances gave it the punch it needed. Lauren Cohan was amazing, as was Andrew Lincoln. And as tired of Abraham's one-liners as I got, I did like that he went out with the same attitude he always had. I love that Maggie stood up and was immediately ready to fight. And I loved that Daryl looked like a caged animal when they threw him in that truck. The last four or five minutes of the episode were were devastating. Overall, this episode makes me very hopeful for the rest of the season, and I'll be waiting eagerly for Negan's imminent death. Yes, and and Shannon mentioned earlier in her email that she'll be furious if Negan doesn't get a slow and painful death, which I kind of agree with. Like, I want to see him go down so hard because I hate him so much right now for killing those people. Um, But I fear, Shannon, we may have to wait some time to see that. Yeah. You know? Um, I did... I do agree. I liked the, I liked that Abraham went out with the same attitude he always had. Like the, what did he say? Like, suck my nuts. Yes, he did. Slower loved, than that, though. <laughs> suck my nuts. I loved that. You I almost, was like, you almost whispered yeah, it that time. Abraham, when I heard him say that, that was awesome. I totally agree with that. And yes, Daryl did look like a caged animal. That when they threw him in the truck, it was crazy. It's he looked, not the first time he's looked like a cage. But animal. he really, like, it was like, yeah, you're right. But <laughs> he did. Like, it was really effective. Do you remember back Everything. in season one when he threw a chain of squirrels at Rick? A chain of squirrels? I think yeah, I feel yeah. like... He, he had a... He had a uh, oh, yeah. He had a bunch of dead squirrels. A bunch of dead squirrels, right? And he threw it right at him. Didn't he have a bunch of, like, walker ears at one point? Uh, I think he had something an ear else? necklace. Yeah, he did have an ear necklace. Or was that the governor? No, I feel no, like that was Daryl too. Daryl had an ear necklace. Yeah, yeah. It was really weird. Well, that guy, he's a bit of an animal. So. <laughs> Jordan in, uh, well, Jordan from Vancouver, but now going to university in Orange, California, wrote in, I was one of the many who despised the season six cliffhanger. This seems to be a pattern. <laughs> yeah. But this premiere definitely made up for it. Even though the two deaths were predictable, that didn't matter. The way the show handled it was so great that it impacted me just as much as it probably would have if I didn't have any idea of who was going to die. Particularly Glenn's death was amazing because the show convinced me that Negan was going to kill Daryl only to turn around and bring that bat down on Glenn. Uh, yeah, I I never really thought it would be Daryl, but I think it would have been the only preferable way to go over what we got kill Daryl mm. and I would have my my mouth would have been hanging open along well, with the mouths of 17 million other viewers when Daryl attacked him I was like oh shit it's a bad idea man like I was just like oh shit yeah and I can think of a few people women who are like in love with Daryl friends of mine who were probably at that moment like no no because they love Daryl yeah well, a lot of a lot of women do love they the Daryl. Do okay. So Jason on the internet wrote, "They may have been better off just ending season six with the gang on their knees and awaiting the appearance of Negan. In a way, that's how they ended season four, and nobody complained about that. Maybe there was a little more payoff to that since Rick and company ended ending up in the A car was kind of the official reuniting of the group." but it still left the group in an unknown situation. Actually, I actually thought the start of season five also would have worked better as a finale for season four. 
because that was the closing of a chapter. Right. So Jason is is comparing, you know, what we have here in season six to seven to what we got when the gang got to Terminus and were put into the train car with the A on it. Oh, and, and Rick said they're screwing with the wrong people. Right. Yeah. Um, we didn't know anything about Terminus. We'd barely met their leader yet. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, we didn't know what was about to happen. And, you know, Jason is kind of saying that nobody really complained about that. Everyone thought this is a great cliffhanger. I think there's some key differences. One is that Terminus didn't involve any comic book storyline, unless I'm forgetting something, but I don't think so. None of that was comic book stuff. So, um, you know, the folks at Terminus uh, and what they were doing there, we didn't have any predetermined information or, or, you know, anything to go on to, to figure out where it was going to go. So they weren't really building to something that we kind of knew was coming. Whereas with season six, they definitely were. And then they yanked the rug out from everybody and didn't, didn't pay off what they were building towards. So I think it's a little different in that respect, but I never really thought of the idea of putting the, uh, you know, the escape from Terminus episode at the the end of the season instead of the beginning mm. that's kind of an interesting idea too i almost yeah. would have would have liked that have carol blow the place up and kill some people and everybody escapes and then you know the cliffhanger is kind of the unknown where do we go from here mm-hmm. a little bit which would have which might have worked as well so yeah interesting parallel mm. all right antoine in new york writes at the end of the season six finale i was fine with how it was handled it was an actual cliffhanger we didn't know who was killed, but we knew that someone definitely was. I even agreed with Kirkman in, in his defense of how it was handled. The finale got us talking. However, when the show resumed and we came back to the, that moment, I felt nothing. The feelings of fear I felt at the end of season six were no longer present. I usually get extremely invested in the shows I watch on an emotional level. And at the end of season six, I was trembling as much as Rick was while in Negan's presence. But after so much time had passed, for whatever reason, my connection to our characters isn't there yet. I watched what happened and was like, oh, okay, well, they de- they're dead. Did any other listeners feel the same way, or have I become heartless momentarily? <laughs> I agree with your handling of the finale with Abraham being killed in season six and shocking us with Glenn at the start of season seven. Okay, so that's interesting. They, well, that's a risk so, that they take, right? So, yeah. So Antoine is saying, um, so he's saying he felt nothing through the whole thing or just at the beginning of the episode? Well, I, I don't know exactly. Like, it, it, mm. The thing is, with a lot of casual viewers, and I'm not saying Antoine is a casual yeah. viewer, yeah. you know, he probably isn't. No, well, he said something, he gets invested in the shows. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, with a lot of casual viewers of any TV show or The Walking Dead, like, you know, you might be upset for a day or two. And then the summer happens and they don't think about it at all over the course mm-hmm. of the summer. Whereas mm-hmm. we think about it all the time because we do this and we're heavily invested in, in the show. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I'm not surprised that some viewers just don't really come back with the same intensity, you know, as they had at the end of the season when they get to the beginning of the next one. I felt like, I mean, I was very anxious leading up to the season premiere, but I felt like the anxiety 
anxiety built up more as the episode went on. Like when it first started, I was kind of like nervous, a bit tense, Mm -hmm. but then as stuff started happening and then the emotions ran high on the episode, I was like, Oh my God. Like I found I, 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 it went up for me. Yeah. Right. Like I started sort of at a, you got back into it and it I started up. a sort of at a low point, like, okay, okay, I'm watching it. And then it was like, holy crap. And it just like ramped up. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, look, another person who agrees with me about the cliffhanger. It was an actual <laughs> cliffhanger. Yep. I guess so. There you go. There you go. Okay. Next one. A very depressed Jackie. Oh, from Croydon. From Croydon. I think that's oh, in the UK. Jackie. I'm sorry you're depressed. I feel your pain. What can I say? Pretty devastated in as much as it was far more brutal than I imagined. Gutted. Uh, gutted. We lost. Gutted. We lost. Sorry, there's no comma, so I'm confused. <laughs> gutted, That's gutted. right. Uh, uh, criticized depressed Jackie's punctuation. <laughs> <laughs> no. Gutted. We lost Abe and Glenn, two of my fa- faves. The most shocking part of... Uh, sorry, I cannot read tonight. You're the fine. most shocking part for me, however, was when I thought Rick was about to chop off Carl's arm. The tension in that scene was almost unbearable. By the end, I was pretty much broken and crying like a kid who just broke her favorite toy. Oh, yeah, it was a yeah. tough scene. <laughs> very, very tough. I found, um, I really, yeah, I, I totally get what Jackie's saying. I wasn't really crying at the end. But it took me like, it was almost like it took me an hour to process it all. Mm-hmm. And then like an hour later, I don't know if you remember, but I turned to you at one point and I was like, I can't go to sleep. I can't go to bed. I just, I won't be able to sleep tonight. Oh yeah. my God, I can't. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. But it took me an hour to get to that. Like at first I was just sitting there sort of feeling numb. Like I didn't even know what to think. <laughs> And then as I processed it, I was like, I'm not going to be able to sleep tonight. And I just lay there and images of Glenn being bashed in the head running through my mind. Or his awful. eyeball. And I totally agree with her saying that it was far more brutal than she than she imagined. Yeah. I think that's what shocked me the most is it the brutality yep. of it. Yeah. It was devastating. They the brutality. did not hold back. Not at all. No, not at all. All right, Beth. From Scotland writes, just a wee comment about the Negan-Rick-Carl scene. I don't feel that it is completely out of character for Negan to let Rick off uh, with not chopping off Carl's arm. What Beth is referring to is is Jason on Monday said that he felt like it was out of character for Negan to do that, to like hold back on something like that. Beth goes on, he is messing with Rick and playing God. In fact, he lifted this scene straight from the Bible. In the Old Testament, Abraham was sent up the mountain by God to sacrifice his son, but just as he is about to do it, he is stopped. God was testing his faith. Although Negan's motives were not the same, I just felt this scene screamed similarities. He was testing him. He was gaining his submission, all while pushing him just far enough without being too far. Absolutely perfect. Rick... And I'm sure the entire audience fully believed in that moment that Carl was losing his arm. We and the characters completely understand the nature of Negan's villain, evil, sadistic, and with a pretty fierce god complex. So 
Uh, Beth isn't the only person to write in about that. Okay. A bunch of people wrote in and said there were these strong parallels between it totally that Bible scene She's and totally what right. we saw. Because so. I was thinking as we watched it, this reminds me of something. <laughs> Not There's me. Something very sim. They're very familiar to this, and she totally, she nailed it with that statement. Totally nailed it. Nailed it. It's totally like the yeah the whole Abraham story in the Bible, very cool. much. Um, Vicky from Derbyshire, UK, wrote in just listening to the podcast and just wanted to comment on the discussion of why Negan stopped Rick from cutting off Carl's hand and how Jason thought this was out of character. Okay, so this is similar to the last writer. Mm-hmm. Uh, last last uh, sorry email. I started to think about it when you were discussing this on the podcast. Negan is a psychopath. We know that. But he's also a powerful leader who obviously has built an incredible following of people who are terrified of him or and follow him. To build a following like that, you have to be clever and a little manipulative. Negan knows how to be a leader. He knows that no one would follow a madman with an axe, or in this case, a bat. Beating people's heads in doesn't make you a leader. He knows that if he's just bashing people's heads in, no one would take him seriously. So what makes him powerful is his humanity and fairness as a leader. Without that fairness and tiny compassion, he'd just be a madman, and no one follows a madman. He broke Rick, and then right at the last second, he did a nice thing. He showed that he doesn't always do terrible things if you follow the rules. It's a good way to make them learn that lesson. I see Vicky's point, but I have a hard time thinking of uh, Negan as a fair and compassionate leader. I know she said tiny bit of compassion, but it's tough. It's tough to see that even though what she's saying is absolutely true. You know, he's, he's not just a crazy person. He's doing things. And I, I don't know if he's doing things that keep the people in line. I don't know if I would call that being a good leader, but mm-hmm. it's certainly leadership by fear. It's totally leadership by fear. And, right. and I don't, yeah, I think I agree with you. I don't really, I, I'm more inclined to agree with Vicky's comment about him playing God. Um, Or was it Vicky? No, sorry, Beth. I'm confusing our, our listeners. Beth, who wrote in about him playing God. Yeah. That's sort of what I, I see that, I see that um, comparison more than saying, oh, he's compassionate and he's not a madman. There have been madmen that have been followed in the past. Of course. I mean, Waco, Texas, that he was a madman, wasn't he? What was his name? Well, I don't know, but over. I forgot. Like the history, leader there, right? right? Yeah. Like some of the, some religious cults, they're madmen that run these cults and people follow them blindly. Yep. And a lot of the time it's, they follow them out of fear. Yeah. Well, it's, yes, throughout history, a lot of, mm-hmm. I, I guess you would say mad men have been followed mm-hmm. by people. Um, you know, I, I guess there are a lot of reasons why that, that can happen in this situation. Um, whether Negan knows it or not, he's doing some of the things that that force people to get behind him. Uh, and that's probably out of fear. You know, they know that if they step out of line or they say anything to him, he's going to uh, bash their brains in mm-hmm. or something, you know. So I don't know. It's hard to see any 
compassion in Negan. And if you do, I think he's just using that as a tool. He doesn't really feel it, but he knows that by, by stopping Rick at the last second, it fools Rick into thinking, oh, maybe this guy isn't all bad. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Right. So I don't know, but at the end of the day, Negan's a pretty bad guy. Mm. And that seems to be uh, where we're going. Hunter in Birmingham writes, I wanted to comment on y'all's take of Negan stopping Rick from cutting Carl's arm off. While I agree that a sadistic Negan probably would like to see Rick's Rick chop off his arm, he's also smart and in that moment pulled Rick into a version of Stockholm Syndrome. To broken Rick's perspective, Negan just graciously allowed Carl to keep his arm. What a swell guy. Moving forward, instead of focusing on the bat beatings, or having to maim his own child, he'll at best think of Negan's merciful act and at worst be reminded of what could happen if he ever steps out of line. So Hunter just laid it all out, you know, on the table, exactly what I was trying to say there. Mm-hmm. It's it's Negan just using the tools mm-hmm. of manipulation yeah. at his disposal to, uh, you know, get what he wants. Yeah. So it's perfect. The guy, whether Negan knows it or not, he's pretty smart or adept at what he's trying to do. For sure. Robin, one of the boy ones, not one of the girl ones, from Oxford, UK, wrote that's, in. That's what Robin wrote. That's awesome. <laughs> Our neighbor's named Robin, and he's one of the boy ones too. Right. And he's also from the UK originally. You said that none of this was Maggie's fault, but step back for a moment. First, they were on, they were on the road because of her. But I think we can give a pregnant woman in need of medical attention a pass in that regard. But secondly, and much more importantly, she was the one who brokered the deal with the hilltop to go all mercenary on the Savior's asses. Now, I'm not saying that none of this would have happened had our cuddly crew not drawn first blood, but there's a big case of chickens coming home to roost here. What our heroes did to Negan's men and women even more memorably was beyond the pale. So was it really any surprise that the show's biggest maniac would dish out vengeance eye for popped out eye? Yeah, well, I completely forgot about that, right? Maggie was the one who made that deal with Gregory at the Hilltop about, you know, half their stuff. And then um, Rick and them decided that they're going to go and get Negan. And they started killing Negan's guys. So Maggie while not entirely responsible for any of this, just like Daryl is not responsible for getting Glenn killed, uh, Maggie's not completely responsible, but she was a bigger part of the initial impetus for this than I'd remembered at the time. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So no, that's a good, good thing to point out. You know, she's heavily involved. It's not like Eugene's done anything. He just hangs around and does what people tell him. Yeah. Uh, but Maggie's definitely involved in all of this big time. Steve on the internet writes, the show went too far, but don't try to tell me you are done watching because I am not buying it. I agree that the violence crossed the line tonight into the realm of purely gratuitous. If you watched all previous seasons, however, you are not suddenly going to stop watching now because of tonight's episode. That makes literally no sense, and I don't believe you. (laughs) I think Steve is just throwing that out there to anyone who will listen because there's no way I'm stopping watching or Jason or you. No, yeah, I know what he's getting at. Because he's he's just putting it out to the world. Because a lot of people, right. I've seen a lot of comments, including on your Facebook, on the the podcast Facebook page, yep. 
that people are like, oh, forget it. I'm done with this. This was this crossed a line. <laughs> um, yeah, I I mean, it was definitely. It was very violent. Are you done? Are you but I'm up? not done. No, there's no way I'm done. You I've got to see what happens. You got to see what happens. Exactly. I just hope they they ease off a bit. <laughs> I need a break. <laughs> Because yeah. I can't keep doing it week after week. <laughs> I'm pretty sure next week is going to be... A little fuzzier and happier and fluffier. It's going to be all bunny <laughs> rabbits and kittens and things like that. No, Zombie bunny rabbits. <laughs> yeah, maybe. No, I think it's going to be about Carol and Morgan. I just I just thought of the, the, the killer bunny rabbit from Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Well, that thing is scary. <laughs> I love that. It, it's, it, oh, it, and it's got vicious fangs and... Uh, uh. Yeah, yeah. It, and it... It uh, it attacks you it, like, on attacks. a string straight at your face. <laughs> and it's all bloody <laughs> in the mouth. It was, that was hilarious. Yeah. So anyways, Steve, yes. uh, we're not stopping. No. I know a lot of people have claimed they're, they're done with the show. Some maybe, but a lot probably not. You know, some people, because I, I know some people that they'll get fed up with a show and they will just stop it, like full stop. And... And I'm always like, but but you've just invested so much time into that show. You're just going to stop it. Um, I'm not really one of those people. It would take a lot for me to stop a show. It would have to be like, wow, this show has jumped well, the ultimate shark and I'm done. Well, or you just grow tired of it. Like we've, I, yeah, we have what? not continued watching. Like we don't, we watch most of our shows together. There's not yeah. very many shows we don't watch together. Yeah. But there have been some where yeah, we, we haven't stopped. continued. Yeah. Right? Like we stopped Orphan Black. Uh, yeah. And people will be like, how could you stop watching Orphan Black? It's well, so no, good. No, no. I, do, I don't think it's that we meant to. We just sort of moved on to other things. Maybe we'll, I think we'll come back, right? Well, maybe. Most of the shows we've stopped watching recently, I feel like we're going to come back to them. We just weren't right in that headspace. It's funny. I feel all, like that. There's there's three shows that we watched a bunch of and then are way behind on now. <laughs> and all three of them are rather controversial because of the people who because of people's like love for them. One mm-hmm. was Orphan Black. Yeah. Another one was Orange is the, New, the New Black. Black yeah. We watched one and a half seasons yeah. of it. Didn't like season two and stopped watching. And the third one What was it? Uh Girls. Yeah. We watched like three years of girls I think and we then watched didn't three start. seasons and I got kind of bored. Yeah, exactly. I, 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 I guess with girls, I felt sort of after the third season, I just didn't care about them so much anymore. I was like, ah, I don't really, you know what it was? I was like, I need more Adam Driver on this show. Like just put, just make the show about Adam Driver, well, please. I'll be honest. Cause he was so, he was, you know what? It's funny. He went from being one of my least favorite characters to being one of my favorite characters on the show. And then I just wanted him on the show all the time. Yeah, I agree. I thought Adam Driver. And then the other guy. And the guy who played who Ray. Worked, yeah. Who was worked in the coffee shop yeah i think his name was ray yeah yeah you're right and he was with shosh for a while i don't know i found them more interesting than the the rest of the cast and then adam driver went on to do star wars and is he not on the show anymore it. well i don't know he probably he might, is he probably is i'm not even sure if it's still going anyways sidebar I think it's ending this season anyway sorry that's it we got one more email here there. and it's and he's yours is it oh yeah you're right andrew from columbus ohio wrote in i'm glad it was Glenn because it is a seminal moment in the Walking Dead story. Negan killing Glenn is inherent to the story of Negan. Glenn is the most optimistic and relatable character left in the show. We all like to think of ourselves as as a nice everyman like Glenn. 
the guy that tries to do the right thing no matter what. That's what makes Negan's introduction so scary in the comic. He pulverized the nice guy. Yes, he did. The guy the reader and TV audience could see themselves being or knowing in the real world. Glenn's optimism is only equaled in Negan's evil. I'm glad the writers of the show didn't change the death arbitrarily just to give the audience something new. Bruce Wayne's parents have been killed countless times in the movie adaptations. They don't kill Alfred just so we don't see it coming. Bruce Wayne's response to their death is the story. Just like Glenn's death is for the remaining survivors. Yeah, so I liked Andrew's email here as sort of the last word on this Mm -hmm. for now. Um, He's right. You know, you don't kill Alfred instead of Bruce Wayne's parents because Bruce Wayne becomes Batman because his parents parents, were killed. Yeah, because of that. And it's a similar thing here. Um, Negan is introduced introduced and is so evil because, because Glenn died in a way right like well he's we, evil before glenn died but he's introduced that way right? what i mean is is yeah. the act of killing glenn is what solidifies him mm-hmm. as this type yeah. of character okay yeah and it's the it kicks off the entire story and it tells you everything you need to know about mr negan yeah um and it wouldn't and the show did a good job of making glenn that character just like he was in the comics and it wouldn't have had the same impact if it had been somebody else, I don't think, uh, at least in that regard. And I think yeah. that's the most important thing here, that you know, we know everything we need to know about Negan because of his actions and, and killing Glenn and what that meant. So mm-hmm. I think Andrew hit the nail on the head there. No, that's great. And I just want to say one more thing, and it sort of relates to what Andrew wrote, but not entirely. It's just one more, my last little bit about this episode. And that is, and this was something you and I were talking about earlier, was that I think, I think the reason that I was so traumatized, I mean, the, the killings were very brutal and violent, but another reason why I found it traumatic was that it was a human killing the humans. I find when, when one of the characters is killed by a zombie, it's, it's gory, Mm -hmm. but I'm not like. Oh God, like I'm not as traumatized. I can almost detach myself. I mean, I'm always sad if it's a major character that I really like and I'm upset, but I can almost detach myself from it because it's so out of the realm of possibility (laughs) in our world. There's no zombies, right? Whereas a person killing another person, that is based in reality, right? So Happens all the time. Yeah, and I think that that is what I find, that's why I find the killings on the show that are, human to human, more terrifying. Yeah, well, I mean, The Walking Dead has always been about the fact that um, the the human, the living people are more dangerous than the zombies, yeah, right? Yeah, they, they had the slogan, Fear the Living, right? Or the slogan, sorry, slogan. Fear the Living? Subtitle, they called it Fear the... There was one... Yeah, maybe there, there was. There was one season where the, the sub subtitle was Fear the Living. Well, the, they released like the comics in... Uh, trade paperbacks and they mm. always have a three word title and maybe mm. fear the living. I feel was like I saw fear the living as a subtitle. Maybe an episode. Title. One of, no, um, one of the seasons Okay, it had like, cause you know how each season like this was, there was one like a, oh. a new world or something. Yeah. Like yeah. That. In like the iTunes art. Yeah. Stuff yeah. Like yeah that. The yeah. iTunes art. That's it. Okay. Yeah. It could have been, but you're, but anyways, yeah, that's one of the themes of this whole thing is that, uh, you know, you got to do what you got to do to survive. 
Mm -hmm. And you have to make the tough decisions and the living are more dangerous than the dead. (laughs) You know, those are some of the big themes here. So, um, so yeah, it's, it's tough to watch. Uh, but we've, we've had a fair bit of human on human violence and killing. This is just an especially graphic one. Mm -hmm. So, all right. That is it for our listener feedback. Thank you so much to everyone who wrote in. We got tons. Uh, sorry, we can't include everybody's, um, but I do like to put in there as much as I can uh, without too much repetition. But again, thanks so much for sending it in. Uh, we will um, probably, you know, record again next week with a little update on how things go here in Atlanta. Maybe yeah. post some pictures. Uh, see what we can do, but it's it's going to be fun for the next few days. And of course, Jason and I will be back next Monday to cover season seven, episode two. Cool. And then we'll see about next week's feedback show. I'm not sure if he'll do it or you'll do it, but somebody will be there. Well, we should definitely do a little rev- our own little take on recap the, the Walker, weekend. Walker Stalker Con. Yeah, we can do that here in Atlanta. For Maybe sh- all three of us will be on the show next week. That'll be Ooh. <laughs> mind blowing. All right, we'll see how that goes. <laughs> Um, in the meantime, everyone, if you'd like to get in touch, you can, of course, send email to talkingdeadpodcast at gmail.com. Find our Facebook page at facebook.com slash the talking dead or tweet at us on Twitter at talking dead. Another thing you can do that's really helpful is leave us a review on iTunes. Go to, you know, find us on iTunes and leave us a, a five star or whatever star rating you think is appropriate and a little quick review that really helps, you know, get us up on the charts there and helps Apple take notice and feature us and stuff like that, which would be great. Um, and then the only other thing is when you have a chance, visit, visit our Patreon page. If you don't mind, patreon.com slash the talking dead to, uh, make a really small monthly pledge. Uh, you can read all about it at that link and, uh, everything that we collect goes into, you know, all the costs of putting on the podcast and everything that we need to, to pay for, like hosting and equipment and stuff like that. So we really appreciate everyone who does that. All right. Anything else before we call it a night here? No, just good night from Atlanta. Jeffrey D. Morgan with his shirt off. <laughs> <laughs> I swear though, if I see, if I get to meet Steve Inyun, I'm going to have to give him a big hug. He's a nice guy. And then guy. I'm going to have to cry on his shoulder a whole bunch. Yeah, yeah. I got a <laughs> picture. Like I got a picture with him and uh, Lauren Cohan last time. So maybe we'll, we'll, maybe we'll do, some, do something like that. And I'm sure he's the kind of guy who you can give a hug to. Oh, <laughs> I'm going to miss him. He was one of my favorites. Yeah, good dude. Yeah. All right. Until next time, everybody. My name is Chris. And I'm Christina. Thanks for listening. Thanks. <laughs>